0: Hello, And welcome back. In 2006, the world was introduced to Daniel Craig as James Bond... ...and the role of action in films changed forever. Why? Well, because he wasn't Sean Connery or Roger Moore... ...and definitely not Pierce Brosnan. He was more a George Timothy Cross when it came to Bond. Casino Royale has more than its fair share of wonderful action set pieces... The opening free running sequence is an example of how movie scenes were written upon arrival on location. On paper, it simply said Bond has foot chase. The rest was up to director Martin Campbell and stunt coordinator Gary Powell. Here he is to tell us more. When I first got that call, it was it's like the greatest phone call you can get, but then all of a sudden
1: the pressure's on, because now it's like, you know, pretty much before then I've been under the radar, we coordinating, you know, Iris and whatever it was, trauma or whatever, you know, they're yes. all under the radar, no one's really gonna care whether they're great or not, sort of thing. Now all of a sudden you're gonna be front page, it's James yeah. Bond, and it's the new, it's not like I'm... It's I'm, not like you're doing... It's not like I'm coming in on the fifth or sixth one, it's the brand new, you know, brand new James Bond which is gonna set the tone, sort of thing, so it's like, hmm. Pressures on now, um, which is great because obviously, you know, there was a lot of publicity with Daniel with the blonde, bond stuff and all that sort of thing. So he was getting and a hating bit of, coming up the thames and yeah, like that sort of stuff. yeah, you know, there's a lot of sort of negative stuff which I think put the fire under our backsides to go, fuck you lot, really, yeah, you know, we're right. gonna do a good job, and that's we did sort of thing. So it was, um, it was good to sort of answer the critics in the best possible way possible yes. was, was was a great film. It, um, it was good, you know, You know, me and Martin spent a lot of time designing the opening sequence. We uh, went out there a few times, you know, looked at the buildings and all that and then come up with that. So it was, you know, halfway through we started sort of cutting stuff or the editors started cutting stuff and you, you could see the sort of buzz from everyone, it was like, yeah, we've sort of got this. So it was, um, it was a nice feeling because a lot of people worked really hard. Yeah, so it was, um,
0: it was a good pat on the back. The um, uh, other thing I know that you're very proud of was the uh, uh, collapsing house mm-hmm. in Casino, mm-hmm. um, I and mean, that was a very large gimbal rig uh, done by Mr. Corbould. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how complicated was that to work on? It was. I mean, it was pretty impressive for a
1: start because it was like ninety ton, right. literally moved up and down really quick. <coughs> um, it was hard because we was away, so we had to sort of get in there and sort of design it all, you know, we was getting bits put in that we thought we're definitely going to crash with Bannister or, you know, this is going to happen and then we sort of spent the weekend before going for it and we all went on there and me, Martin, like, you know, the stunt team, special effects team sort of blocked it all out, you know, coming across the door, going across the balloon, the balloon fires and all that, you know, and it's always hard because, you know, you've got Walsh on a set. Know, and when you're trying to run across a balloon in the dry, it's great. But when you're trying to do it in the wet, it's a whole different yeah, yeah, ball game. So, you know, it was, it was yeah. complicated, but not as bad as sort of what you think. You know, once we all figured out what it was, and it was just a case of scheduling it to do gloss Watson. and that thing.
0: was on 007 stage. It
1: was on the 007 stage.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it just the general size of it and the fact I that it's really massive. About, it was massive.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you sort of, you know, you see that weight moving up and down from the outside
0: impressive so. i don't think you've got people in there as well no, exactly yeah, yeah so no, it was, uh, it was good fun one man had quite a ride as Bond stunt double adam Curley, will always be remembered as the man who flipped the aston martin seven times but it didn't go as planned as he told me a few years back
2: um i mean i, I was i mean i was it was it's like a dream job really i mean i remember gary mentioned i was i, I was on a i got a phone call for you know the, the possible work of James Bond. When I was uh, on a flight out to go and do Aragorn, so I had about three weeks out in Aragorn, on Aragorn in Hungary, I believe it was. Right. And um, yeah, I get the phone call at the airport. You know, do you, you, you you double Daniel on a, a film called Munich. Um, That's right. Yeah. We're, we're we're looking for a double for the Bond. You know, we, we've got some driving to do we've got this crash that he wanted to do and he, he said straight away he wanted to do this 85 mile an hour or 80 mile an hour plus crash um, and he said that, you know am I scared of heights and am I good with heights and so I just said yes obviously I'm great with everything um, and I think I had a, uh, an audition with him um, I talk, like a meet and greet kind of audition uh, up at Pinewood um, uh, this, this was very very early I think Gar- Gary was in very early prep um, and he had a, a BMW an old BMW I think it was a 5 series BMW and a yeah. Up at the he said jump in that show me some stuff mm. go out of the car and he said yeah great you got the job so yeah i mean i was very very happy when i heard the news that that daniel had got the job really because i because again you know having worked on the previous or well, the bond you know years previous uh i never thought the opportunity would ever come up you know i wasn't a bond double material really with my sort of size you know they,
0: they cast well you also didn't never thought for a moment that this was actually these the the you did the previous bond Mm. And this is the next Bond. You know, there was a, such a big gap in between oh, the God two. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, hang on, this is the next movie in the in the, in the series, and, and I'm okay. going to be involved in it. The the um uh, you did testing with the BMW, but uh, was there ever because originally it was supposed to be a ramp jump, wasn't it? Just it, it briefly explain what the situation was, because I think that was the initial idea, wasn't it, to turn the car? Oh
2: in. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a there was a couple of well, G- Gary had researched a lot of crashes and pitched the idea that you know we didn't want this. Big Hollywood, out of nowhere, the car goes flying through the air. Um, it, it was again. This is going back to the the realism, and Gary wanted this, re- this real sense of realism to everything. Um, nothing wanted to be out of the ordinary. Um, so, so a lot of his references were rally crashes, you know, right. Cars, cars, you know, going at 80, 90 miles an hour around corners and just clipping the inside wheel, you know, as it's sliding around a corner and it sort of lifts. So it never actually really. All the reference footage the car never really left the ground it never flew through the air it kind of rolled very slowly the first roll was very almost lazy um, yeah. so that was sort of the idea so we, we Gary had a, a small actually it was very small it was probably about I think six to eight inches high this very small stubby ramp uh, steel ramp and we did a couple of rehearsals in BMWs and I'd come in at I think the, those rehearsals we did at 60, 65 miles an hour. And basically I would swerve the car until it sort of s- started sliding. And I'd catch just the front inside wheel, which mm. flicked it and made it very light. Um, and then I'd just turn in yeah, and it basically rolled the car. So it was a really, it, yeah, I mean, it looked incredibly natural. It looked like you just clipped the inside of a curb or something like that and it flipped the car over. Um, and we did a couple of versions of that at Dunsfold. um, doing some testing and then we took that then to well to, to the Aston Martin. And unfortunately, due to good engineering and good 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 to <laughs> build build quality, let's say, of a of an Aston Martin, they're not really designed to roll.
0: It's uh, the only car I think I know that's got foundations, So I if it's definitely not gonna go
2: anywhere. No, no, pretty much so yeah, we did we did this. We hit the ramp. We actually increased the height of the ramp. Um and yeah, it clicked the inside wheel. If the car, I and mean, I was going 80, I think I was going about 80, over 80 miles an hour at that point. Um, and yeah, clipped clicked the wheel, it punched the the wheel, shattered, shattered the alloy, punched the suspension through the wheel arch. Um, I flew through the air and it just sort of re-leveled itself. Oh. Um, and I slid off down the road and then onto the grass and then sort of parked, well, right next to the cameras may have may have bumped a camera and knocked it over there was a bit of there was come a bit on, of well, clearing on going on the <laughs> get the
0: truth out come on <laughs> lots, lo- lo- lots of
2: lots of crew members yelling <laughs> lots and running
0: running away <laughs> yeah.
2: um but again you know this this was a uh, you know it's, it's a great thing that actually was a massive lesson learned to me is you know i think gary had had the foresight to put a cannon uh in, in a car it may never have been used but we, we had a spare car as you do on a bond, you have a spare ass. <laughs> I was going yeah, yeah. uh, next. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so Gary had this other car prepped and we got straight out of that one, cleared up the mess. And I jumped in the other car. We did a few speed runs. Then, uh, we had, you know, Chris Corbold and his guys, Dick and Lou prime, the cannon. We put, I think we put quite a fair bit of pressure in the cannon. Get exactly what the pressure they put in. But we had a nitrogen cannon in the back behind the driver's seat, which is kind of unusual going driver's side up. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, just did the same again and swerved around the dummy in the road, and yeah, press the button. First thing I see is white lines where the, where the sky should <laughs> be, which is always an unusual unusual thing to see. But, um, and yeah.
0: How, and how long into it were you thinking? How long, is this game ever going to stop?
2: Um, I, I mean, I was, you know, I try. I always try and quite, stay quite aware in, in the vehicles. It's not just a case of hold on for dear life. But, um yeah this one i think i counted four rolls and then when i got to four i started to think i think i might be getting close to the trees and then it was a case of you know basically just hold on for dear life right. <laughs> i was, i literally thought i was gonna hit the trees you know it was, it was that sort of speed and that turn of yeah a turn of pace really um and it spanned pretty i mean it pirouetted i think on the back end which that was the disorienting part because it spanned so quickly because it does a, it does a turn in the air and mm-hmm. then hits the grass and speeds up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's it, was, what it, it looks was, like on the on the film. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It, 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 there was a, it was. I don't know if it was the time of year or something like that. But also, we, we sh- it was a night shoot and yeah. literally, yeah. I think we were probably twenty minutes from it being being daylight. We were like running past limits. We we if we delayed by any more time, I think we'd have lost the well lost the dark, not lost the light. Yeah. Um, so I think there was some you know dew there was some wet on wet on the grass so I think that's why it's kind of did what it did really.
0: The other uh, extraordinary thing for me is that on when you look at it the final footage on the film there is music score and then boom nothing. Yeah you get you get the silence followed by the noise of this car Barrelling down the road, and then every impact is just accentuated every time. Hmm. And you're you're aware of this to a point, but I mean, you're, you're, as you said to yourself, you're trying to stay aware of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but how much of it you're thinking? you know do, do you hang on to the wheel do you not hang on to, what, what do you do from a driver's point of view do you let
2: go of the wheel let go of the wheel because
0: a lot of people say no i hang on to the wheel do yeah you, do you let go of it uh, no i hang on i hang on to the
2: wheel um i had a because it was again it was an automatic vehicle i, I actually had a couple of plate, well, plates a plate kind of welded on for my left foot right. so i could brace against that and push myself my sort of okay. lower back into the seat um i had a race yeah. seat in there um, there was a, obviously a, a smaller fuel tank, a sort of stunt tank. Uh, um, yeah, fuel cell. I had uh, my racing belt. I, I, t- I actually put two neck braces on, uh, my crash helmet. Um, so I, mean, you... I was pretty secure in then we had a, a phenomenal roll cage. I mean, the roll cage afterwards, I inspected the roll cage just to have a look at it, and it didn't budge Completely at all. Completely intact. It was incredible, yeah. Did you have any padding between your straps and you, or was it all just the actual padding of the strap? Did you put anything in between
0: that? Uh, and you were wearing, wearing a full-face helmet? And...
2: Yeah, full-face full helmet. I mean, I actually got a set of belts, which is, I, I don't know if they've become mainstream now, but um, instead of just being a normal pull belt, um, the shoulder straps are just pull-type pull belt, but then the, the the waist straps are actually like ratchet straps. Yeah, so know. you basically have these oh, okay. one-ton one ratchet straps. Um, that are part of the belt, so I could really like lock myself in. So I was—I literally didn't move anyway. So having padding in there, I wasn't moving. I mean, I was so locked in that there was no real need for, for the padding.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I thought was was very ironic is that is that the next scene is you dragging Daniel from the yes. car you've just rolled over.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, actually, to, to even add to that, I'm driving the car that Daniel that that, that Eva Green oh, gets right. kidnapped and thrown <laughs> yes. into. So I actually end up in one shot. A, I think there's a winding road shot. Uh, it's a lock-off, and I'm actually driving both cars. The magic yes. of cinema, it is. And actually, the, the, the other good little bit of trivia there is, <clears throat> I actually broke Steve, my stepfather's world record doing that stunt. So he, the, the year previous to me, had broken the world record on uh, Top Gear. He, he'd done <laughs> six, six roles the year previous, and then I managed to beat his world record, which is kind of nice. Keep it in the family. Is it, is it still current? I believe so, yeah. I believe yes, so. I, think, I don't think I, there's anything. I, I think there was a I think there was an attempt on Mad Max. I think
0: they were they were aiming to try and break it on Mad Max. And I don't think they quite made it. Quantum of Solace was the film that threw action at the screen and perhaps left large chunks of storyline and plot out from an action standpoint. It's a glorious example of what can be done when the pressure is on. The opening of Quantum is a wonderful car chase between the Aston Martin and the chasing Alfa Romeos. Movies are clever. They want us to believe that an Aston can be chased and caught by an Alfa. Anyone who's ever owned or driven an Alfa will know after a few gear changes, it's often parked up on the side of the road with its bonnet up and steam pouring from it. But Lake Garda probably hasn't seen anything like this before. Martin Ivanov, Ben Collins, and Mark Higgins behind the wheel, doubling Daniel, and a number of stuntmen as policemen and oncoming traffic. One driver was Aris Kominos, who was a passenger in a car that drives into the front of an oncoming truck, driven by Game of Thrones stunt coordinator Rowley Earlham. The car impacted heavily into the front of the truck, but Aris was injured badly enough. Then he had to be airlifted to a nearby hospital in Verona for treatment. Today he's fine and well, but I guarantee he will never forget that time working on this Bond. Another inclusion was stuntman Glenn Foster, playing the part of Mitchell, who was the close protection for Judy Dench's M. Many have asked me over the years why a stuntman was employed in an acting role. It's not a daft question. It's all down to expertise. The role of Mitchell requires agility strength and stamina, as the chase is an integral part of the opening Sienna sequence. To train an actor to do the things that Glenn Foster can already do is a time-consuming process, which the production can't afford to waste. Safe to say that the scaffolding rope sequence at the end of this chase, with Kai Martin doubling Daniel Craig, is quite simply breathtaking. It's also the first ever stunt job for a man who is now the stunt double for Chris Hemsworth. Bobby Holland-Hanton was given his big break by Gary Powell on the rooftops of Siena, jumping gaps and dodging traffic, doubling Daniel Craig. Not a bad way to start a career, is it? As he tells us here.
3: You know, I auditioned for Gary Powell and it was the stunt double for James Bond. So then I went in, had like four physical auditions with Gary Powell. And he, I got the job, and it was for a specific sequence, um, which was the build-up after the rooftop sequence. It was it, it was in the art gallery, um, and I was supposed to do six weeks, and it ended up being six months. And that was the start of my career. I mean, I went straight in at the top to you know, with one of the best stunt teams and stunt coordinators out there. When I got into it 13 years ago, Gary Powell, the stunt coordinator, needed something specific, a specific skill set that wasn't there at the time. With my height and build. For, for what he needed on the register. Because he tried on the register, there was no one that he could get, so he got me instead. And that was my in, you know, to the, to the industry. And I'm so thankful to, to Gary and, and the whole team for, you know, they've, they've all become some of my best friends now, you know, the, it, it, I, I learned so much from those guys and, and put me in such a good place to, to kickstart my career. So, It was my first stunt on, on camera, my introduction to the industry. Um, and it was from one balcony to another, no wires, no, no safety below, because of the camera angle over my shoulder. And then once I jumped, the camera would pan down and see the whole you know, the street, the set. So we couldn't have any mats. And you know, it was well rehearsed before, and, and Gary Powell you know, prepped it as you should from ground level and built up, and we built Scaf, in re, you know, rehearsed in, in Panama with Scaf. Um, you know, we, we put a big, a big um, you know, a big a station up to make sure that, you know, we put crashments on it if anything went wrong. Did a couple of those and took that down, did it without and, you know, the, the rest is history. I shot it twice at 2am in the morning on a night shoot. Um, you know, that was my, my introduction. So I was in Siena for five weeks to shoot this sequence. Glenn Foster is one of my closest friends. He's he was Robert Downey Jr.'s stunt double after this. He's a very, very good friend of mine, and, and he's an amazing stunt performer. He's now coordinating. He's a great stunt coordinator as well, and that was Glenn.
4: This is a tale of the
5: supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Mm. Is this? Who mm. is this? I mean. find us on facebook twitter and instagram search for at the
0: tapes pod part of the pod dojo network skyfall gave us a magnificent pre-title sequence that had it all an exceptional train sequence car crashes and more motorbikes than you could throw a stick at robbie madison doubling dc and lee morrison doubling ola Pass as assassin patrice at one point during this chase police get involved Rob Hunt Evangelos Grecos and Rick English are the three police motorcyclists who get way more than they bargain for as Rick tells us here
5: um, there was a chase where um is it Moneypenny the, the girl that was driving yeah, she's in the Land Rover yeah, she's I can't think of her as Moneypenny she's, no uh, I can't the, Moneypenny was always in the office for me yeah. not out in the field yeah um, well that because um, they <coughs> kind of changed things around bowl, yeah. she was at the bowler hat
0: on the hat stand yeah, yeah. yeah. she was um, Eve
5: uh, and it turned out it was money penny at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, but they were, they were chasing the Audi, which That's was driven right. by the bad guy, through this. Um, through, it was in Turkey that we shot it. I can't remember if it was meant to be Turkey in the movie or not. Um,
0: yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the but, um,
5: but anyway, yeah, we they'd had the whole um, bit on there, chase, chasing him for a little while, and um, we we all did some sort of generic bits on there, running a, away from scooters that were getting smashed oh, okay. by the uh, by the chase and stuff. So we'd done that stuff, and then. Um, Uh, at one part during that chase while um, Bond and the girl are chasing this Audi um, they they go past three police officers and it was myself uh, Vangelis Mm -hmm. and Rob Rob Hunt Hunt. yeah Yeah. and uh, and so we give chase on these motorcycles and then obviously the, the cars end up being um, taken out of commission. Good fun and all that stuff because we were all playing stallholders in that uh, in that market as right. well, and having these cars turn over towards you and all that stuff. It was uh, it was pretty good fun to be honest. Um, and then yeah, uh, the three bikes then chase in after that and get dispatched one by one by now, by the bad guy You then.
0: get dispatched last. You're the I do. I'm screen. You're the last. Yeah, one. the first was
5: Rob Hunt. Right. So Rob Hunt comes in, gets shot, lays the bike down. Yeah. Vangelis then crashes into Rob, uh-huh. which takes him out as well. And then the last one, they just want me to get shot off the back of the bike and basically ghost the bike towards the actor that was shooting us. Yes. And so just literally torpedo the bike towards him as as much as possible. That's, that's what we did. I just got got shot on the bike and then li- literally went to wheelie the bike was as hard as I could. Coming in on you Yeah, drop the clutch. Yeah, drop the clutch as hard as I could full throttle and uh, and let it go and it um threw me off the back and just flipped the bike and it actually went straight into the um into the camera it's one of those where you anytime you hit a camera you're kind of like oh that's not um that's not, <laughs> not good grand. Really. but yeah i mean luckily it 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 didn't actually damage the camera itself it damaged a little part of the of the head or something cuz they, they
0: put the they put the cameras in boxes don't
5: they yeah well this this one was actually on the end of a uh, on the end of a crane Oh, was it cuz it was, really
0: yeah, it was remote, on the wasn't end it? of a
5: techno crane yeah that was down and then um Gary Powell was a stunt coordinator, and he 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 said to them you know the bike's coming this way Lift that camera up, blah, 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 whatever when it when it comes, and then you know the the speed we came in at, I just launched that bike into there, and they, they didn't lift the camera up in time, and it's um yeah, and so uh, yeah, ended up in the in the movie, ended up in one of the trailers and stuff, that, but that, but that's basically then the bike that the actor picks up, picks up and rides off, and on. and rides off on. Then Bond obviously commandeers another bike yeah. and chases after him, and you got the epic. Um, rooftop sequence done by lee morrison and uh, robbie madison, robbie madison with yeah. with um with the camera bike up there as well the camera bike was, as well uh, Rob, i mean they were so, robbie herring uh, riding the camera bike okay. on the same narrow roof ways up there and it it was the only way to get those shots that they got and uh, again a real epic sequence and even just to play a small part in that opening sequence oh. was cool for me spectre
0: saw a return to the high octane excitement of the pre-title sequence a wonderful helicopter fight on the skids of the chopper, performed by Andy Lister, doubling DC, and Rob Cooper, doubling Skiara. Also, we must mention the amazing flying skills of Chuck Aaron, without whom, none of this remarkable footage could have been captured.
6: Hi, I'm Chuck Aaron. I've been a helicopter aerobatic pilot now for almost 15 years, and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Whenever. First considered becoming a helicopter aerobatic pilot. Well, that was actually a challenge that was given to me by Red Bull. They asked me if if I could do aerobatics in a helicopter, and I told them, no, you can't do that. It was out of the question. But after about two weeks had gone by, I realized that if I had a BO-105 helicopter, and if I modified it a little bit, um, maybe we could. And so I talked to Dietrich Manischitz, the owner of Red, Red, Red Bull, and... Um, Told him said maybe we could do it if we had these helicopters and if I modified them and if the FAA could, would certify them and he didn't he didn't hesitate at all he said do it I'll pay for it so it was all based off of a challenge that I wasn't even ready for the, for the or thinking of aerobatics in a helicopter until he questioned me and asked me about it oh, what does it take to be an aerobatic pilot it takes a lot of studying uh, concentration you need a, a dream, uh, that would help a lot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's not as hard as it seems, but it is, you, there's no messing up allowed. So just stay focused and, and, and uh, you know, we've sent people to the moon and they walked on the moon and it, it works. So wild things like that can be done. It's just, it has to be done methodically. And that's the key to it. What does it feel like when I'm flipping a helicopter doing barrels? Uh, i love it it's uh, it's a it's a it's a neat sensation because it's like you take a glass of water in your hand and you, you take the glass of water and you can swing it around like that and the water will stay in the glass it won't fall out if you keep the s- centrifugal force going around with the with the with it and so when you're in the helicopter you're doing that when you when you roll it uh you can feel yourself staying with like the water inside the glass and it's 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 uncommon, not natural, in a helicopter to do that. So it's a unique feeling. It's it's uh, and it's fun to to do it, especially in demonstration demonstrating it to air shows. And you're a little nervous at first, but then it uh, the, the sensation is fun because it's not normal and you're not. It's something you wouldn't think in the that you'd be doing. But once you start doing it and it's working out well, it's a it's a real rush, internal rush. The, some of the experiences I've. Uh, gotten out of being an aerobatic helicopter pilot was a perfect example is the James Bond Specter movie. Uh, they saw me on YouTube doing aerobatics in a helicopter, the director did, and, uh, and told the producer about it. and said, listen, this would be a good opportunity for us to do something unique for an opening scene for Bond. So it's helped me with, I got to meet all the, uh, Daniel Craig and, and Bond t- 24 called Specter and it was a lot of fun doing that. We filmed that down in Mexico City and so it's led to things just like that. There's, there's lots of interesting opportunities that have come up and, uh, and I've enjoyed every, every minute of that. I still love to do aerobatics and helicopters. Just, just doing it today and I had a lot of fun. Still have a lot of fun doing it. I still love to fly. Well that's it for me and if you'd like to see more of what I do as a pilot uh, check out YouTube and SUU Aviations uh, website and follow us, and we'll keep you updated on how things are progressing here at uh, SU. And I highly recommend SU. They've got a, a great school, got a great program going. They've got a lot of energy behind them. I've trained two of the pilots there at SUU to do this, and they're great pilots. And and so we're going to be teaching not just the aerobatics, which is a total separate section, but we have a whole new school we're starting up to that's double IMC course too. And so. After 15 years
0: and five films, Daniel Craig comes to the end of his Bond tenure. The man responsible for his safety on No Time To Die is Lee Morrison,
4: who's been there with him every step of the way. Here's how he sums it all up. That's the beauty of Bond films, isn't it? For all of us, growing up as kids watching them, you know, even watching your parents watch them and seeing some amazing, amazing action sequence and knowing there's been a real person do it. For me being in the industry 20 years and working and growing up with the world of cgi and then working as a practical stuntman and there's no bigger challenge or no bigger uh, I know, kudos to being on a bond film and doing a stunt for real because you know you've seen iconic stunts bond has always set the standard for all action films for the last 50 years so to be part of that and actually go into a bond prepping design and coordinating anything you know you've got to have a real person that's got to perform that stunt, which is a huge difference to working with a more animated, you know, superhero kind of character. Bond's a real man. Although he's extraordinary and he's got, you know, determination and he's got superior skill, he's just a, a he's a man. I think for us on a Bond, it's a real fine line. Even going back to when we did Casino Royale with Daniel. Daniel performed so much of his own stunts on that film and worked so hard and, and took the knocks along the way, along with us as, as a stunt department. You know, working under Gary Powell, who's coordinating at the time, and working with Martin Campbell, that's kind of set the standard for these Bond films for Daniel, where you know that it, it, there's a high risk because it is, you know, you're gonna do it for real, although we'll break it down and we'll prep it as safely and uh, as smartly as possible end of the day someone when they actually when they call action that's a real person jumping off of the cranes or crashing the car or jumping the motorcycle or driving the boat and in, in Daniel as well being at number ones with Daniel when he's running across the top of the cranes when he's in the boat or he's in the car it's all happening for real which is far more rewarding as a stunt coordinator and stuntman rather than working in an environment which is just a green screen environment where you're working just you know, on a mocap suits, or you know, you're in trying to interact with things that aren't real. You are interacting with a real car. A real truck is coming towards you. A real boat is speeding beside you. You know, guys are flying past you. It just brings the whole. It's happening for real. Those stunts are really happening, and you're you're right in the middle of it. Well, there you go. That's all the Bond films from Doctor No to No
0: Time to Die. 60 years of adventure in one podcast since Christmas Eve, 2020. Don't panic, we're not going anywhere. But our intention to bond now turns towards my book, which will make an appearance in time for the October 60th anniversary. Now, this podcast is brought to you by those lovely people at the Pod Dojo Network. And if you want to find out more about all of their podcasts, you can do that by simply clicking the link below. And with a bit of luck, I'll be able to meet some of you at our Licence to Kill screening on Saturday, May 28th at London's Prince Charles Cinema with our guest stunt coordinator, Paul Weston, who will be taking part in a Q&A afterwards uh, alongside the guys from Really 007 Podcast. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>